Kia ora. you're listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. Welcome to the Heritage Talks podcast, bringing you the best in local and family history from Aotearoa, New Zealand, the Pacific and beyond. Your heritage now. No mai, haere mai. In this talk, Eleanor Fowler explains how my heritage can help you learn more about your family history and genealogy. Find out what my heritage contains and how to navigate the website. Before we just jump into talking about my heritage, I just wanted to acknowledge a few of my family um, without whom I wouldn't be here today. First of all, my mum, she was a keen um, genealogist and family historian. When I had to do a project on a famous New Zealander in Standard 3, um, I chose to write, write about her uncle. Um, Sir Robert Fowler, ornithologist, conservationist, and museum director. Now, our Fowler family history was really well researched thanks to a couple of my mum's cousins, Marjorie Cronshaw and Alison Menzies, who were very supportive of my um, interests when I was younger. And I was fortunate to inherit a lot of their research and my mum's research, and they shared so much with me um, during their lifetimes as well. So, um, about four and a half years ago, I picked up their research after not having looked at it for over 20 years, but I've been lugging it around with me all those years. And um, I really wanted to <clears throat> make it available to family and who we'd lost touch with over the years. And I was really excited to discover my heritage, an online platform, which was um, set up with the purpose for sharing family history. And here are some current stats on my heritage. So there's over 80 million family trees and currently 91 million users. You can search through over 14 billion historical records. In the process of um, putting up this, all this family history online, and um, I discovered you can also take a DNA test to learn more about your family history and genealogy. And so for a while there, I got distracted with learning about um, DNA. Some of the things you can learn about when you take a DNA test are who you match with. And with 5 million um, other testers in the database and a very large number from New Zealand and Australia, um, you have a really good chance of finding matches and sharing with them and learning about how you're related. You also can learn from your DNA test about um, the ethnic regions, there's, your DNA gets compared to um, these founding populations. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the talk. And you get placed in genetic groups based on your DNA test results. And if you've uh, paid for the health reports, you can have access to those also. So I think um, that my mum and her cousins would be really chuffed to know that their family history didn't get thrown out when they passed away and um, that it lives on today and is shared with um, so many family who have been able to reconnect with both because we put it up on the family tree and also through, through DNA testing. So I think they'd be really chuffed that it's now on my heritage. Now, my heritage was set up 18 years ago um, as I said, with this vision of sharing family history and doing good, and some of the ways in which my heritage has, has already been doing that are through the DNA Quest, where they gave over 20,000 um, DNA kits for free to people who'd been adopted and also to 
um, members of birth families who are looking for family members who've been adopted. They also have Tribal Quest, which um, the mission of that is to record oral histories and traditions from around the world. And another major project is the restitution of lost assets, particularly assets that were lost um, during the Holocaust. So this is a little bit of the history of um, my heritage. Now, in addition to being able to access family trees, historical records, photographs, your DNA test and or health reports, my heritage has also got a major focus around education. And it has two dedicated um, websites for that, the My Heritage Knowledge Base and the Legacy Family Tree Webinars website. So as I said, there's so much on offer at My Heritage, I'm only going to be able to do a real uh, brief overview today. So what I thought I'd do is I'll start with family trees because that's where My Heritage began. Now, as I said, there are over 80 million family trees. It's free to build or upload a family tree to MyHeritage. It's a great way for connecting and collaborating with other relatives. You can do um, searching on the website for free, but in order to connect with other people who, uh, who have um, family trees on MyHeritage, you do need to have some level of subscription. It's also a great way for sharing photographs, documents, and you can, um, because, you know, you, ne you never know who out there has got other family research that you don't have. So it's a great way to collaborate. Now, there are four different ways to view your tree at MyHeritage once you've started setting one up. This is the default view, and it's called the family view, and it's actually in process of being upgraded. So you might have a different view to what you can see here on the um, screen today. At the top, uh, my, uh, one of my great, great grandparents, George Feller and Marianne Adam. And then the next row shows us three of their children, including the wife of their son, George Feller. And then across the bottom, their four children. So that's how the family view is set up. Now, if you're wanting to look at um, just one person and all their ancestral lines, you can choose the pedigree view just in the top there. That'll be sitting on, you know, when you're looking at the screen just above the tree and you select that button for pedigree view. Now, it looks like this. To the far left is my grandfather, Jack, and then we see his parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and so on. And so this is a, you know, this is a really good way. You just want to be focused on one person in your tree and look at all their ancestral lines. There's another view for that as well called the fan view. And this is a bit more of colorful representation. There's not so much detail perhaps on those little person cards. And what's really nice about this view is that you can look at um, up to 10 generations at a time. So as soon as you do that, you realize you have quite a few gaps in your family history. <laughs> you thought you were doing quite well until you look back 10 generations. Um, there's another way to look at this fan view. It's a much more simplified version. It just shows the eight um, surnames. And there's my grandfather in the middle. It's this fan version and the previous fan version are able to be shared easily online or um, printed out. And they're nice versions to share with family who are perhaps not so interested in all the detail. Now, lastly, there is the list view. And this, of course, isn't so much a pictorial view of a family tree, but it's rather a list of 
all the people who are in your family tree. And it's a great way when you're wanting to do some tidying up on your tree, you can come here. There are a number of filters. You can look for duplicates. You can look for typos quite easily and things like that. So my heritage offices offers us all these different ways of doing our family tree research. Now let's have a look. This is our landing site. So this is the home page when you sign in to your account. And you can see up the top, there are a number of different tabs. So we've been looking at family trees and I'm just gonna show you all the options there. So you get a sense of some of the other things you can do at MyHeritage. <clears throat> you can upload photos. You can import a, an existing family tree in the GEDCOM file. This is where you come to manage your trees because you can have multiple trees uploaded to your site. You can print charts and books based on your trees. The consistency checker that helps you to look through for typos. For example, you've got, um, you've put in the death date and that is before the birthday of the person, you know, little things like that. And the pedigree map that allows you to see on a world map all the events in your family um, tree that you've uploaded. Now, some of these tools and features do require a subscription, including the backup. That's actually an additional cost. So, but there are things, many things you can do for free to get yourself started and see if you um, enjoy using the site. If we click along, the, we get to discoveries. Now, because there is so much information on the MyHeritage site, what they do is sort of like an automatic search function. They're going, based on the people you have in your tree, they're going to go look and see, are there people in these same people or similar people in other people's family trees in their records database? And if they find them, they give you a report and you can come here to find that, and that can be another starting point for doing your research. Next, we come to photos. Now, this has been, um, it's been quite a lot of investment in this, in my heritage in the last year or so. I'm gonna show you some examples of what I've done with some photos that I've uploaded. So here is, the, the original photo is at the top and the one at the bottom is an enhanced photo. It's a little bit hard because this is quite a good quality photo already it's a little bit hard to see how much it's been improved but if we zoom in this is my great-grandfather George Feller you can see um, how the enhanced version is so much clearer you can also add color now the next thing I'm going to show you is the animation and for some people that can be a little bit unnerving so there are so just brace yourself it is going to start moving <laughs> There's 20 different animation options um, offered by MyHeritage. And again, these will probably be added to in time. Now, the next tab, if we move along, is DNA. I'm gonna spend a little bit of time on this, showing you a few different examples, particularly the ethnicity estimate reports. So here is an example of, um, it's a pretty typical result for a, New Zealander who has recent and a little bit more distant uh, British Isles ancestry. Across the top, you have a summary of the ethnicity estimate and then the DNA matches. Now, not everyone will have as many close family matches in their results. Depends if you've got a keen genealogist or not in your family. But um, the results for extended family and the distant relatives uh, are pretty standard. Now, close family range is from immediate family up until predicted first cousin. 
um, extended family is from first cousin once removed to second cousin once removed and distant relatives is the category of estimated third cousins. So that's great. That's sharing a great, great grandparent out. So, you know, whether or not you consider third cousins uh, distant relatives or not, um, that might be debatable, but those are the categories. If you're not so familiar with all these different genealogy terms, there's a really nice chart that is at MyHeritage and it's um, linked to each of your DNA matches. It will show you, as you can see on the far left, highlighted there. And then based on the amount of DNA you shared, the, uh, MyHeritage gives an estimate of how you are likely to be related to that person. So in this, this example is um, actually me compared to one of my mum's first cousins. And so the actual known relationship is referred to as first cousin once removed. And you can see it has correctly identified that on the chart. But because based on the amount of DNA you share, there are um, usually several options. Um, and so they, they, give, they show you that there's this range. And when I, four years ago, four and a half years ago, I didn't know what a, what a cousin once removed was. I realized I'd been calling my mum's cousins my second cousins, and I learned, no, it's actually first cousin once removed. So this is a really good chart to have to refer to, and quite a few people, um, you know, they'll print it out and put it somewhere until they get familiar with all those different terms. Okay, so let's have a closer look at the ethnicity estimate. Now, again, this is the same tester who I said um, has recent and a little bit more distant British Isles ancestry. So one of the, the, the tester, one of his, his parents is um, first generation, sorry, uh, the tester's father came from England in the 1920s and the tester's mother is third to fourth generation uh, New Zealander, but also from British Isles ancestry. And what you can see is that in bold over there on the left are the ethnicity estimates. And then underneath in the standard font are um, genetic groups. Now, this isn't saying that he is 80.9% Irish, Scottish, Welsh. What ethnicity estimates tell you, are they're, they're comparing your DNA or the tester's DNA to the reference panel that the DNA testing company has. So at MyHeritage, there are 42 founder populations. So your DNA gets um, compared to the people in those founding populations. And those are some of the names. So Irish, Scottish, Welsh, that's one of the, the founding populations. English, that's another one. Balkan, Eastern European, and Ashkenazi Jewish. So these are one, two, three, four, five um, founder populations where this tester has DNA, which is similar to the people in those groups. And it's telling us how much of his DNA is similar. So it's saying 80% of your DNA is most similar to the Irish, Scottish and Welsh founding population. Now, something this tester didn't know is that his, uh, he had a lot more Irish heritage than what he realized before DNA testing. And we, learn about that both in terms of the matches, but it's also reflected here in his ethnicity estimate. And so you can see that there's quite a few there that relate to Ireland. Um, and these the circles which have got the outline around them, those are the genetic groups. 
The genetic groups are a newer feature, and the aim of those is to give much more detailed um, a reflection of your of, of much more detailed um, connections you have to, to people around the world. They can be based on where your ancestors came from, or or and or they can be based on where other descendants of your ancestors went to. So for example, you can see two genetic groups there in the US, and that's because a large number of um, of descendants, of Irish descendants who share these ancestors with the tester went to these regions in the US. So although the tester himself has never lived in the US and doesn't have ancestors in the US, this reflects some of his relatives who have tested a lot and are in these regions in the US. Now, another feature with genetic groups is a heat map, which, um, gives us information about the typical migration patterns of these people around the world. So here we're looking at the island, Cork, Kerry and Limerick and England genetic group. And um, this is the time period of 1750 to 1800. You can see a faint red on the um, New South Wales and Australia. And when we jump forward 50 years in time, we can see that that you know that's indicating there's a lot more people with this heritage now living in Australia, and also you can see it in New Zealand, and that fits with known migration patterns for uh, British Isles descendants. And you can see an increase as well in um, the US, in Canada, and also in um, Central Southeast Asia and England, Bangladesh. So these are just some of the some of the information that you get when you DNA test. Now, here's another example. This tester has three Māori grandparents. Two of the Māori grandparents also have Pākehā ancestors. So what you can see, and if I flick back, I just want to show you the difference. So this is a typical British Isles only um, descendant. And you can see the numbers there for close family, extended family, and distant relatives, 16, 8, and just over 14,000. Then we jump through, and here close family is at 35, extended family. Now remember, this is first cousin once removed to second cousin once removed range. That's the predicted range. Is now at 2,638. <clears throat> And there are fewer distant relatives, just over four and a half thousand. What this reflects is the history of Pacific migration, where um, all Polynesians share common ancestors, and there was a relatively small amount of um, people who uh, Pacific Eastern Polynesians who came to Aotearoa, New Zealand, and settled here, and from whom um, all Māori. Are descended. And so what happens is that we all share more DNA with um, our Māori and other Polynesian matches than what's expected. And because DNA testing companies, including MyHeritage, predict relationships based on the amount of DNA, what happens is you have many more uh, matches who are predicted to be closely related. But in fact, the shared ancestors are very far back in time, but you have multiple 
So, so these are some things, things that you need to know about when you're interpreting your results. You really need to understand what is it behind um, how companies are doing these estimations, whether it's for the ethnicity or whether it's for how you're related to your matches. So let's take a look at <clears throat> this tester's ethnicity estimate. <clears throat> and just a word to say that all the people who, whose results I'm sharing today have agreed to um, have their results used for educational purposes such as these. I have anonymized all the results, <clears throat> so you can't see anybody's names here. But this is his uh, ethnicity estimate. You can see he has also some genetic groups um, for New Zealand. They're linked to New Zealand and um, the Pacific, and Poly Eastern Polynesia in particular. And again, you can click to get more detail. You can learn more about the regions. You can learn about how the genetic um, groups are created and why your DNA has been considered to be similar from people from these different regions. And here is another um, test result. Now this tester has four Māori grandparents, uh, no known Pākehā ancestry whatsoever. That's reflected here in his you know, ethnicity estimate. Here's a small percentage of Melanesian, which reflects um, much more distant ancestry that uh, Polynesians have. Um, you know, the migration came through South uh, Southeast Asia, Papua New Guinea, and into the Pacific. So that's a very small percentage of his DNA is a best match to the existing uh, Melanesian founding population. And again, you can see um, this close family range, which is from immediate to first cousin estimated, is very high at 1,385. And that is again because of this, um, it reflects the shared ancestry that um, Māori and, and Eastern Polynesians have, and, and indeed Western Polynesians as well. And so requires, it, it requires very careful analysis and it's really important to not jump to conclusions um, as to why you uh, have thousands of first cousins and closer. Um, and for people who don't know their family history, their whakapapa and whānau and their DNA testing to try and make connections, um, it's really important to learn about the alternative workarounds that you need to be able to analyze your DNA test results because the, the DNA test results um, cannot easily, the DNA testing companies, they base how they're estimating how you match someone on the total amount of DNA you share, which can give you uh, results that really need very careful analysis. And this last example is a tester who has one Māori great-great-grandfather. Now, the reason why I wanna show this is Again, an example of why you need to look carefully at your, um, at your results. When we look at his ethnicity estimate, there is no percentage there of Polynesian. Now, this can happen when you don't have, for example, you only have one great-great-grandfather who is Māori. And, um, and so in this case, his Māori DNA his, his, uh, that he inherited from that great-great-grandfather has been um, attributed to some somewhat neighboring 
founding populations, Western Asia and Japanese and Korea. And instead of being put in the, you know, instead of being given a percentage of Polynesian. And this can happen. We've seen this, um, it's, it's quite common. And one great thing about the new genetic groups, though, is that you can see that even though he doesn't have a percentage of Polynesian DNA, he is placed in the um, a couple of the Māori and New Zealand uh, genetic groups. So, again, if you have known uh, Māori ancestors, you're Māori, and you're wondering why you don't have a percentage of Polynesian, do come and check out your genetic groups. You can click on all available regions and then down the bottom there, there's Polynesian. And there he is. He's been placed in the two of the um, main Māori genetic groups. And you can also see that he has 967 matches who have that, who, who, are, who are in the Polynesian, uh, who, who have a percentage of Polynesian who are in these genetic groups. So that's another clue when interpreting your results. Another thing to look at. And another thing you can look at is your autoclusters. So this is um, this report is to try and again, it's another feature to try and help you understand your DNA test results. And what it shows us is um, all these little squares represent where one match matches is shares DNA with another. So here you have this very large square, <clears throat> over a hundred matches who are mostly all sharing DNA and are shown as a match to each other. And also in the orange square, you can see some of them are also linked to this large cluster. And so this, this red cluster, this is all Māori and um, Eastern Polynesian DNA testers um, who all share these common, um, common ancestors further back in time, either in Eastern Polynesia and or in Western Polynesia. Now, if you haven't DNA tested at MyHeritage, you can upload your DNA for free if you've tested in another DNA testing company, such as Ancestry, Family Tree DNA, 23andMe, or Living DNA. But for Living DNA, it's only if you downloaded your data file uh, prior to October 2018. But all the other DNA testing companies their data files, regardless of when you tested, can be uploaded to MyHeritage and you get a brief uh, a preview of your matches at MyHeritage for free. Now, the last tab in that row is research. This is where you, um, you can uh, search in those 14, over 14 billion historical records. And you can see some of the different collections there are that are available. This is how it looks if you just click on to search. You can enter there the name and some details if you know, for example, birth, death, marriage, spouse, um, parents, and you can just click on research and see if there are records for the ancestors you're searching for. You can choose to click on one of these collections first if you want to just be focused on and looking in a specific collection. Um, this recently added collections section is always being updated. And actually in this past week, we have three new New Zealand collections updated. So that's nice timing for us in this presentation. And you can also come into the New Zealand collection and look specifically at the records that they have. There are 33 different collections. 
And if you um, are in Auckland, you can visit your um, local library and access the My Heritage Library Edition for free. So this is another way to access uh, My Heritage database. When you are accessing the My Heritage Library Edition, you need to come and just search for it there in the search bar on the Auckland Council's website. You can also do this from home if you are an Auckland um, Council Libraries member. You'll be prompted at this point to put to log in if you're accessing from home or at least um, not in the Auckland Library system. And you click through and you can start searching just as you would search the historical records if you had a subscription. There are a few other uh, libraries around New Zealand who also provide this service. And um, also many, if you're overseas, there are also many libraries that allow you to, that have the My Heritage Library edition and also many of them do allow you to access from home if you are a member of the specific library in question. Okay, now another free um, website that MyHeritage provides is the MyHeritage Knowledge Base. This is the place to come and learn about all the different tools and features at MyHeritage. You can just start typing there in that search bar something that you're wanting to learn about, or you can click on one of those three tabs family tree uh, research or DNA, or you can click on that get started to start learning about the basics. I'm just gonna give you a couple of examples here. Um, I clicked on research and these are the top records that came up. They're organized um, by the date that they've been uploaded. So you can see the first two are there, both July the 20th. Um, there are articles, there are webinars, there are how-to videos. And so these are some of the new recent topics. And I also mentioned right early on is that um, MyHeritage acquired Legacy Family Tree webinars in 2017. Um, Legacy Family Tree webinars, as it says, has over 1500 hours of full length webinar classes in their library. Um, you can watch new webinars live for free or for a one week after their release. But to access their library of webinars, you do need a subscription. All the MyHeritage-based um, webinars, though, are free to view at any time. Now, this is what the, the website look like, looks like. You can come and search the upcoming webinars. You can sign up to listen to them. Here's some upcoming ones. In fact, Helen is talking today at 2 o'clock New Zealand time, so it's not too late to register if you'd like to listen to her. Um, and these are some of the other upcoming webinars. When you register, you do get an email reminder to let you know um, when it's coming up. And also they'll let you know if you missed it and that, how much time you have to watch it while it's still free. So it's really easy to sign up and register here. And um, you can register for a whole lot all in one go by clicking those column, those little ticks on the right. Uh, sorry, that putting a tick in the, those little boxes on the right-hand side of that table. Here you can come and um, learn more about the presenters, what other talks they have presented on in the past. And here's a screenshot. This is from the most viewed videos, uh, webinars so far for 2021. That gives you an idea of some of the topics. All, all different topics linked to genealogy. 
and here they also have tech zone videos so this is fantastic uh, for learning about how to do all kinds of things you know online relating to your computer um creating a a channel on YouTube for some people they're doing that you know within their families recording each other recording family stories and you can have a private channel on YouTube where you share your information um, with other family members and it's a great place here at Legacy Family Tree webinars to learn how to use all that tech to um, go into the 21st century of your family history. <laughs> Stay tuned for more tracks in this Heritage Talk series, or visit the Auckland Library's website for other podcast tracks. Kia manawa ho. Enjoy. Enjoy.